You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Last Sunday evening, I had a hand one. A hand one. County Tyrone people know what a hand one is. My wife's from Clocker, that other down the road a bit there. And uh, they talk about a hand one. They're always having a hand one. I had a hand one. For the first time, I... As a public speaker, I fell 10 feet along, a, I was going to say, a driveway of a Presbyterian church, and I came down a, a cropper. This terminology, you don't, French, I don't know what that is in French or German or whatever, but there's no one iron talk. What happened was the elder prayed with me in the wee back room. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to work out where the wee back room used to be in this church, the shape of it, but we'll ask the clerk after one of the elders, but the, the young elder that done the announcements, he would know because he's like 22. <laughs> Brother, just be careful. I identify faces and figures and I remember everything. I have to go home today. That's right. To do that. I'm going for my lunch. I remember that. But listen, if I'm back here again, Ashley has us back in, in the day, I can go to anyone's for lunch. Remember Zacchaeus? Remember Zacchaeus was up the tree and Jesus says, I can come to your house for dinner. I think that's great. It's great to show hospitality, isn't it? Back to my story where I went 10 feet. I was in the suit and all, but there was this step up into the church. And I was too busy talking and I went, I went 10 feet and there was a pew, there was a the communion table. I missed it all. Normally back in the day, I, I would roll out. You fall over more when you get older. All right. Follow where kids follow, but there's a time frame where you're quite careful, and then it just pear shaped after that. And I went, and I got up, and they all gave me a round of applause. I told my wee minister about that. He says, What did you do? I says, Well, I was happy enough, doesn't fizz me, can't kill you. But they didn't know what to do, they didn't gather me up. This woman come up and says, You fell for me. Imagine saying that. What? And she was old enough to be my granny. That's like 150. But that's right. People don't know what to do when they have a situation. They have a hand one. They're only human. Things crop up. I love, I have situations all the time. Every day I have a real life illustration to share with my family. I landed Grace's car. She's a, being a teacher, although she needs her 6 or 7, 10% pay rise. Not right, teachers. They don't, they're not getting it yet, but they'll get it. Protest enough, you get a lot of stuff, not right? I landed her car up onto a heap of sand in my driveway. I have a farm, and you know what farmers do? They, they, they drop the, the sand or the gravel, they just say, or a heap of silage, just dump it, just dump it, and she'll gather it up later. It never gets gathered up. I landed her wee car, wee, wee hybrid car, that's electric, half electric, and half petrol up on top of it. And I didn't tell her, because I damaged the bottom of it. She wondered why she was driving the 10-year-old 208 to school. Got it fixed, £100 later. Got it fixed. But I was able, and I was even leaving it in the roadside. Now, not the roadside down the road here. Where am I? Put that way, I think. Roadside. We've won on this spurt. But you get talking to Ken. You get talking to to David. You could talk to them. I know them all. They know me because I'm always in there getting the car fixed. I'm a farmer. Tear on. All right. Tear on. Take risks. But risk for the gospel because you're able to share the gospel. 
I love the way God lands us all in the situations that we can't handle. That's how we learn to handle them through his strength and not our own. And with something today, you'll have a situation, a handling this week, where you need rescued. Yes, you don't want their ambulance coming along, certainly not, but you'll need rescued. You'll need to call on God and say, God, you either thank him for helping you in that situation, or you realize you're going through it for a reason, but you'll not know why, maybe, until later. I witnessed a car crash one day. I wasn't in it, but I witnessed it. And so this young fellow, but there's young ladies can also drive cars very fast. It's coming round at Hill, Royal Hillsborough. Near, live near Royal Hillsborough. And the car was coming round. I says to myself, he's going a bit fast. And right enough, he hit the wall at Royal Hillsborough. He nearly hit another car. I got out, walked down the road to him. I says, you were lucky. And he says, he was in shock. I says, what will your daddy say? He probably paid for the car. But I says, God was looking after you because there's no such thing as luck. Now he's dazed and I'm telling him God's looking after him. I says, you need to ring your mommy because she'll explain it to your daddy. And that other person's okay and you're all right. But I'm ringing the police anyway and if they've asked me what happened, I'll say you're going too fast. Things happen, don't they, in life? Where we need rescue, we need someone to come alongside, to draw alongside and encourage us, to build us up. And what I know is Jesus is always beside us and he rescues us in situations. These young men, Daniel, reading the book of Daniel, and he had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they landed into a strange country. They were the best of the best. They had been to university in their own country. They were bright kids, and they were brought to Babylon. Daniel, if you've read it in general, you could think about that little song that we sing when we're younger, Dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone. But you're not standing alone. You're not a one-man band. It's like a church. We're all in it together. God's with us. We stand with God. You see, the book of Daniel, it's all about God, the one who is faithful and draws near to his people. Our God is faithful. And maybe today you're in this fellowship and you're struggling with life. Let me say God is faithful and he can be trusted. Daniel and his friends are in exile in a strange land. They're young people and they're out of their comfort zone. I often think when kids go off to university across in England, Scotland, and Wales. I'm just thinking, I don't know, it's still part of the UK either at the minute. And they go to those countries. And they meet new people, and life changes. Often people trust in God when they're in their teenagers. And then they meet a company of people, and they go off the rails. And the parents worry sick about them. What happens? But the thing is, with these young people, they've been brought from a foreign country, out of of where they knew, where their family was. They've been brought to a strange land. The thing is, they trusted in God wherever they were at. And that's where we have to be. We We have to be in that place wherever we're at each day. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, is to trust in God. They were selected to learn the language and the culture They were to be integrated into society. 
The key thing for us to understand from this story is the ability of the Lord's servants to trust God even when they're experiencing a fiery trial in the midst of difficulty, opposition, persecution, and suffering. We all need to see and hear and believe. We all experience problems in life. Health, family life, workplace, community. It's all trials of life, but often think when we're in the middle of this, God has us there. We're not there by chance or luck. We're there because of the sovereignty of God. God has his finger upon us. Even if you're not a Christian today and you're sitting here, God has you here. For what? If you're not a Christian, to be rescued from your sin. And only God can do that. But for all those of us that are Christians, it's not easy. It's harder than it ever was. We're facing so much coming down the line at us and we need to be experienced in how to handle the situation. I often say to our Harry when somebody asks him a silly question or a stupid question or even a question, what do you say, Harry? Harry says to them, I'll go away and think about that. A good answer. A good one. That's why I say to Grace, my wife, I'll go away and think about that. She needs something done. But that's what we need to do when we don't, because we don't know all the answers. We need to go and think about that or go to someone. We're putting in four elders and I belong to Noor Presbytery and we're installing four elders at Legacy Presbyterian tonight. And one of them, David, leads up Evangelical Alliance in Northern Ireland. In my future career, which I hope will start about May, if God's plan is, I'll go to David and I say, David, how do I answer this? What's the church's view in this? You need to know how to answer the thing. Yes, we can share the gospel. Tell them about salvation, which is easy, the good news. Easy to share the gospel because it's in the Bible. But there can be a lot of handlings if we answer the thing wrongly in the public square. But God raises us up. God has us and lets us learn if we're teachable. That's what a disciple is, isn't it? A learner. We all need to be learners. Because our faith is always being tested. But we always have to remember the God whom we serve, the God of Israel and the church, the God who has come near in Jesus, is able to save us in the times of difficulty, in the times of trial. Back to our story. King Neb, Nebuchadnezzar, that was hard work reading that. It was like doing a marathon reading that. All the, the, the lyre, the, the, I can't even say it. It's easier saying the drums and the guitar, isn't it, than the things I was reading. But that's what they had to praise God. But he built this statue, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. It was an image. Only th- can you picture that? 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. It's a big block of gold, wasn't it? You know what I saw lately that was bigger than that? The Craigie Hill bomb far 120 feet last summer. All right? How'd they get that up? All I know is it's the rate pair I paid for the clearance of that. All the mess that was made. But can you imagine that being told to bow down in front of this? And this was because this man, Nebuchadnezzar, was a dictator. There's many of them today. Think of the late Robert McGarby, Kim Jong-un of North Korea, even the deceased Saddam Hussein. I even think of Putin. He's a dictator, isn't he? Let me tell you, the only reason they're in existence and are there because God allows it. 
often think of Joe Biden. I, I t- could take Joe by the hand as he'd come down those stairs. Isn't that right? They've fallen down the stairs, Joe. He's coming to visit us, but don't tell anyone. King Nebuchadnezzar. He wanted people to bow down. But there was something about King Nebuchadnezzar that he couldn't do. He wasn't able to convert people's hearts. You get that? He wasn't able to convert people's hearts. Only God can do that. Remember back to your own conversion. You came under the sound of the gospel. You realized that you were a sinner. The Holy Spirit bore on your life. You were convicted of sin. You repented of that sin. You trusted in Jesus in the shed brother at Calvary. Your hard heart was broken. You became a Christian. Has that happened to you? Do you have a testimony to give? Only at 19, I had that testimony. I went into a little job for 15 years, and it ended up a big job in a handling. That's where God had me. But I had to get right with God. Because if I hadn't got right with God, I would have went to hell itself. But we're on the road to heaven now. It's a long road. And we're running this race Not a 10K fast run or 5K. It's a marathon, isn't it? These three friends are brought before the king. He was raging. Before I was converted, that ginger hair, you know. I'm doing well. Ginger-haired people can be angry. Who's going to admit to that? But we all can be angry. Isn't God good? Fruits of the Spirit, the peace one. My wife keeps me calm. She's a P1 teacher. Why she took me on? They refused to worship this guy, and they didn't know the outcome, but they trusted in God. Chapter 3, 17 to 18. We're draw, they were thrown into the blazing furnace. The God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold. You've set up. See, they were in this predicament. We knew the outcome. They didn't know the outcome, but they trusted in God. You today are in a situation, and I don't know what it is. Partner in life maybe knows, or maybe you just keep it to yourself. It was in church house there. You think all I do is go down to church house. It's free coffee there all the time. I know there is because I've found it. But I went there one day, and there was a man coming in the door. Pray for Darren, won't you? He's the doorman. He's not Christian. After 17 years, PCI has put him on staff. Darren's not a Christian. But his best friend is a retired Presbyterian minister. He goes motorcycling with him. I think that's brilliant to have a friend that's a Christian. But it's God that saves. Coming out that door, there's this wee old man. There are wee old men everywhere, isn't there? And I says to him, how you doing? Are you all right? He says, do you know me? I says, no, but I know you now. He says, uh, thank you for talking to me. He says, my wife died a week ago, and I'm lonely, and I just come in to talk to somebody. Isn't that nice? God puts people in our past. Do we take time to do it? I met a politician this morning, and they were sitting in, in uh, a coffee shop. I, that's what I do. My, my job description is this. Jesus and coffee. Jesus and coffee. Isn't that a great job description? Because that's where you meet people. Amanda sat beside me start chatting to her about this, that, and the other, and she says, I have to go now. But says, I'm here to talk to you. I have to go now. Maybe I'll see her tonight because I invited her to that elder service. 
at Lebecar. You've got to invite people in. But you have to go out. You have to go where God calls you. These three friends were called to jump into a fiery furnace. I know Melvin and Sharon. I went to Mozambique in 2005. I wasn't called to Mozambique. Tad hopped there. I need 50 sun cream on me. I would just burn. I do the Northern Ireland talk. He knows Portuguese. So does she and the four of a family. Pray for Joshua. But I went there. God must have thought that I needed to go there for some um, missionary experience for six weeks. I just ate and drunk the Coke. But I saw how poor they are out there and how they're living for Jesus. This country is not living for Jesus. Sometimes we can be lukewarm. We need to go out and reach people, and I can talk the language, and so can you. I can talk about slurry cap, but of course there's other slurry equipment out there. I can talk about cane trailers, Massey Ferguson's. I can talk about the education system, the health system just being broke. I can talk the talk, and so can you. But I can talk about Jesus, and so can you. These guys were thrown into that fiery furnace, stoked up seven times hotter. Even the guards died because it was so hot. These guys were going to be toast. But we're dealing with an awesome God here. A God who made you. The God who is all-powerful and mighty. I love that song by Reuben Morgan of Hill Songs. Mighty to save. And I guess you know that one. Mighty to save. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. See, Jesus walked alive out of that garden tomb. And because of the resurrection, we are alive in Christ. And when we die, we will waken up and we will see Jesus and he'll say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. But we will be just singing and rejoicing. There's a guy standing here singing earlier. There's two here. I'm in the four. I, I don't get invited to be part of a singing group. I make a noise. But I'm glad you invited me today. But when I go to heaven, I'll be singing, Worthy is the Lamb. Will you be singing, Worthy is the Lamb? Will you be singing, Glory, glory, worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah, as a Presbyterian elder doesn't say too often. Hallelujah. Jesus has saved you. He's rescued you. King Nebuchadnezzar looks into that fire. There's a fourth person there. There's a heavenly visitor there. Or maybe it's a pre-incarnate Jesus is there. It's a supernatural experience. They stepped out and not even a hair on their head was singed. King Neb couldn't believe it. He was humbled. And he confessed that Israel's God had rescued the men. He promoted those men. But we limit God. I wonder if you're going through the trial and situation in life, and you'll face it this week. Will you turn to God and trust him and say, I'm in the midst of this. I'm in the fiery furnace, but you're with me. I think of an experience in our mission hall during the COVID. It was great. I could work from home. I could visit more people in one day than I would do in a couple of months. I just rung them up. How are you doing? Send them a text. How are you doing? But I never met them personally. But this lady called Edith rung me up one day. She said, AJ, I'm Alan John Martin, Alan Martin. She said, AJ, I've got saved. I said, how'd that happen, Edith? You haven't been at the mission hall. 
It's this age. You don't have to go to the mission hall to get saved. Jesus does it. 80 years old. This is what happened. Because I'm always wondering, you know, it's easy believism putting the hand up. But repentance is a wonderful thing. Repentance is the real deal. Repentance is on the menu. You've got to repent of your sin and trust in Jesus. Say sorry to God for your sin. And God forgives you because of the work that was done at Calvary. Justification. Then you go on with God. Sanctification. Then there's glorification when you get there to heaven. Edith was saved. I says, I have to meet you. So I called at the door. And she come to the door. And you didn't touch her. And if the daughter knew I was in the house, I'd be chased. She'd ring me up because she's not saved. And I says, Edith, what did you do first? says, I thank God for saving me. So with her the other day. And I says, what did you do next? He says, I told Basil. Not Basil fault, though. That's right. I say, Basil's an ex-police officer. Basil's 82. Basil's not saved. Talk to him. I says, Basil, well, you're, you're getting saved next, aren't you? I know, she keeps at me. I says, well, I know that. She she tells him every day, knock him. But God is knocking on Basil's doors. In with him the other day. I'm leaving the city mission soon. Did 15 years and did farming, still do farming, it's a hobby. Um, And then it was 15 years in the security forces and then 17 years as a city missionary. Going into politics next. The Christians there stand their ground, share Jesus. Share Jesus. That's what it's about. Drink loads of coffee up on that hill. It's a cheap, cheap restaurant up there here. So the nice coffee. But to share Jesus with those that are in power and authority. We're told to pray for them. But listen, we need to get amongst them. And share Jesus with the whosoevers. Edith says to me, AJ, will you come back and bury me? I said, you haven't died yet. I says, I will. Don't know what my, my fee will be then. You know, I'll be like a consultant for the city mission then. I says, Basil says you bury me. I says, I'll only bury you, Basil, if you get saved. And he laughed. But he knows what I meant. Basil's starting to dote. Remember that old name, dote? Remember you talked about doting? That's Alzheimer's, it's dementia. Will Basil be able to receive Jesus and call out to him in repentance in a day's time it looks time? I pray and you pray for Basil. Will you do that? And he gets saved. It's not about me leading them to the Lord in numbers game. God saves people. There's often things we do in life and wonder why it all happened. But Jesus did it all. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Is he your Savior today? Do you know him personally? Everything in life that you accumulate, you can't take it with you. Everything you do in life, well, you're remembered for a while. You maybe get a plaque on the wall and they remember you. But the most important thing is to know, Jesus, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's all that matters to me. And so it should matter to you to know Jesus because he loves you. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. For the love of God, Andrew Rip. Go home and, uh, and listen to that.
for the love of God. That's my song for the week. Where would I be but for the love of God? Where would you be but for the grace and the love of God? Thank you.